Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the astrologer Bill Atride radio show. I'm Bill Atride, and uh, today we're going to do uh, a second look at the 2020 presidential candidates uh, and, and consider them in a different way than I did last time. Last time I did an analysis and looking at um, historically what have been the factors seen in presidential charts of successful candidates for the presidency over the course of these many years, and uh, there was some when you do that analysis, you find some repeating patterns of planets in houses and in the signs, certainly, and all that. I didn't go into all the details, but summed up some of the basics to sort of rank the top people polling right now in terms of the field. And of course, this is going to change over the course of these next many months. And we'll look at this again and again as people rise and fall on the polls, uh, certainly, and uh, may drop out or come in uh, as some are still hanging back. And so we'll take a look at the, them now. Instead of looking at it this way in terms of the ranking of what has worked historically, I thought I'd take it from a traditional perspective of what I would do in any reading is when looking at someone's chart, how do we begin to understand who that person is? Um, and there are sort of, when you look at a chart, it's sort of a, a very intuitive experience. It's sort of like looking at everything and nothing at the same time and taking it all in and beginning to see things that draw your attention. Then you pull back and look at this and you begin to sort of shape in your mind's eye a sense of feeling and intuition of what is this person all about and what makes them tick and all that stuff. And you do highlight certain things always. I mean, I always start, if any of you have had readings with me in the past or listened to the show, uh, I often begin by looking at just the chart shape, how the planets are arranged around the wheel, which is very, very indicative of, of a person's basic orientation sort of character coming in. Uh, and then you look at, well, how, what kind of modes are they are? Are they are cardinal or fixed or mutable more predominantly in terms of their planetary positions, especially the more important ones. And then you look at, well, there, we have these qualities of the beginning or middle or end of a season, cardinal, fixed, or immutable. But then we have also the four elements, which, of course, aren't elements as people would think of fire as fire. These are sort of dispositional, temperamental energies uh, that we divide uh, the signs up into, uh, which run from fire to earth to air to water, and see what the basic sort of composition of a person is with that. And you begin to get a sense of who they are. And then given that pattern and how the chart's laid out, you might want to say, what's the most significant planet here that sort of stands out is sort of a tell or an indicator pointing about who this person is, and we'll look at that. Um, and there may be major patterns of how planets are aligned with one another that sort of gives a defining feature to the person. I always, in the beginning of reading, immediately look over and see, where's that Saturn? Where's the test in their life? Where are they being challenged? which is where they're going to maybe stumble and fall, but in picking themselves up again and again, they become perhaps very masterful and adept in this realm, but it can always be a stumbling block if they're not careful. So we'll look at that. 
And then on Jupiter, well, Jupiter is the truth and how you pursue the truth and how you believe there is truth. And so looking at that can be very revealing also for an individual. So we'll try to take a look at our candidates that we have here today in that regard. Um, and then often if we, if we get to it, I might also throw in Mars because Mars is the planet of action and desire and how a per- person uh, moves through time and space and, and presents themselves in the world and the actions they take and what gets them riled up and what makes them how they act is shown by Mars, which is often very critical. We, we've noted in the last um, show, one of the most important factors again and again in history has been the placement of Mars for presidential candidates, especially in the sign of Leo or in some other prominent position, but certainly in Leo seem to be a dominant factor. Um, and we'll look at that again. And then also Venus, because Venus is more personal value and sensibility of what a person wants or wants to be. And all these things can reveal to us. We look at these public people and see how they are and how they seem and their story. But this might give us a window into who they are and their own merits, what's, what, what's all about, what they're all about. Um, so that's my plan for today, and I, I do see a number of you hanging on uh, today, and I'm going to get to you, I promise. Uh, so I'll only do this for maybe half an hour or so. Um, and then if we have to do it next week, I might be able to do a show next Saturday, depending upon my scheduling here. So look for that. If we, if we, if we, don't, if we finish today, that's great, and I'll move on to a new subject, maybe looking at what's going on in the world. Uh, other nations, we're not just the only, you know, other, other countries are having their difficulties too. We might want to take a look at that in relationship to what's going on here in the USA. Um, so that could be a topic and many others and certainly send them along as suggestions. People have been sending in suggestions and I thank you for that. And I hope to get to some of those at, at, in later shows. Um, again, if you ever want to reach me, just my email is the best. I respond pretty quickly. It's Bill Atri, B-I-L-L-A-T-T-R-I-D-E at gmail.com is the way to reach me for both talk the show here and, and, and questions about the show or suggestions, as well as if you want to ask me more about what it would take to get a reading and if you would want to do that and the pricing and scheduling and all that, I'd be more than happy to correspond with you about that. Uh, and you can always call me too. I, I, I sometimes don't pick up the phone. I, it goes to voicemail because I'm busy or with clients, but then I will get back to you. Okay. Um, so anyways, that's, that's the plan for today. Um, and so let's begin. And I, and I keep with the ranking we have to this date right now in terms of poll numbers. It's just an artificial way, but it makes sense to me. Who is a leading candidate still in the field? Well, as it was last week, still this week, though, he's undeclared and may not enter given recent uh, events that are taking place here. But we'll see is Joe Biden. And so when we look at a chart first, as I said, what do we see? And we, we look at how the planets are arranged in the space around the Earth. It's, it's, um, we're looking at the heavens, and we should take them all in, is what I like to say. It's like when somebody walks in the door, what do you sense first about them? It's that presence, and that presence is often revealed first in this way of looking at the wheel and where the planets fell within that space around the Earth, because it's a sky map. Uh, and, and what strikes me about Joe's chart is that he's got what we call a locomotive pattern. Um, and a locomotive person has this rhythmic and tendency propelling them forward and upwards and outwards in life. As long as they've got a dream and a goal and a vision they're reaching up towards, it's a self-propelling and very directed kind of energy that can lead to great accomplishment and rising up in the world. But if they lose their way or get knocked off their, their center and can't find their dream or vision to reach for, they can spiral down into a hole 
uh, which they can get out of once they get that inspiration back, hopefully. But it is a very uh, propelling kind of pattern. Well, Joe has that. And when you've got that pattern, the leading edge of the pattern and the chart rotates the right circling around, which is the Earth's rotation in 24 hours. And the leading planet for Joe, as well as it's his rising planet, is not a planet at all, of course, though we call everything a planet in astrology. It's the moon. So he has the moon rising. And so he leads into this life emotionally with a great depth of feeling. In fact, looking at the, the modes in his chart, he's a very fixed purpose person, which makes him purposeful, steadfast, and determined a fixed sun, a fixed moon, his Venus is fixed, his Mercury and Mars are all in Scorpio there, except for the moon. Uh, a fixed person is very determined, but not doesn't bend so easily. Uh, and so they're good at holding up on holding the principles and abiding in them, but they sometimes have a hard time dealing with change. Um, and then he has the element of water as the principal element. And with that moon rising and being all that Scorpios in his chart and his Jupiter also in Cancer, Watery people are deeply feeling people. They're emotional. They're sensitive. And he's very sensitive to his surroundings, highly intuitive. But that also may mean that he sometimes is, is working through feelings and not thinking about something as he might want to do or be more objective about it. He can let his passions can take over or his, you know, his, his, his strength of character can be that passionate feeling. It, it can go either way, depending upon how he's applying it. Um, what's striking about his chart in terms of the, the major aspect here is that he has his sun and Venus together in the 12th house opposite the planet Uranus. Uh, well, again, the Iranian figure we've been dealing with on the planet of late is, is, of course, Donald Trump. He's got that sun-Uranus conjunction and then Uranus opposite his moon, which makes him, as I said, a very iconoclastic and, and, and shattering kind of person, uh, a breaker of idols. Um, and, and not that Joe has that same quality, but he's also going to have shocks in his life and receive shocks because here Uranus is opposite his son. And, and given all that Scorpionish chart and his son's in the 12th house, which shows someone who's going to feel at times in their life like they're, they are imprisoned or they are uh, put in a space where they were confined in some way, spiritually, emotionally, physically, which leads them to go deep within themselves and find themselves in those journeys. But definitely dealing with death, the, the anticipation of it, the reality of it, the consequences of it is something all of us deal with on Earth because we all have these experiences and certainly have all have Scorpio somewhere in, our somewhere in our chart. But by having so much in his chart, this is Joe's life. He understands that if you're going to love, you're going to lose. If you're going to have joy, you're going to have pain. He's lived it. Um, he's not faking it. He can't fake it. Um, and yet because he's a Scorpio, he's very insightful, but he comes across like a Sagittarius with that Sagittarius rising. He's expansive. He's jovial. He slaps you on the back. I get that. He's friendly. Um, but that also can mean he can, he sometimes we say about Sag rising people, they just open their mouth to change the foot. Uh, so they can really get themselves into trouble because they're not disciplined as it were in terms of projecting themselves. Um, and they can be very flirtatious or warm, uh, which could then be misconstrued, as we've seen, um, or has, has actually been experienced by people. Um, then the test of one's life, well, here he has his Saturn in Gemini and in the seventh house. 
So Saturn in Gemini says his test in life is the test of intelligence, of uh, being able to not figure, coming to the realization it's not about having the answer, it's about having a more intelligent way to understand a situation so that I can let go of the need, a fear of not having an answer and therefore find the answer. And so he would realize his greatest strength is intelligence and adaptability and trying to figure things out, not always having to be right or having to have the right answer at that exact moment. But more especially when Saturn's in the seventh house, your test in life is the test of relationship. And it means that you, you have to pay particular attention to what you bring into relationship, that, that what you're encountering is not an accident. You've attracted that in order to face something in yourself. But he might, when people have sat in the seventh house, they sometimes see the problem is out there in that other person or in that group. But it begs the question, why am I involved with that person? Why have I encountered this group? It's to face that shadow inside myself. And I learned, he learns then to really work on forging more intelligent and socially intelligent relationships. And that's where he would shine in his life when working this through. Uh, and then that planet of truth, the planet that guides us in life in terms of what we believe and how we believe, uh, and therefore our motivations and intentions. He has his Jupiter in Cancer. And so his search for truth is through the depths of great feelings, often connected to home and family and origins and ethnicity and culture, that bring you warm memories and roots you back to the core of you. Um, and so in, in a way, his journey is one where he would feel the whole world and embrace it as one family. So his path of truth is really found through feelings. And here that Jupiter is in the very house that Scorpio rules, the eighth house of death and rebirth. So certainly feeling that experience in his life uh, as a ticket to greater spiritual growth and understanding. Um, Again, I want to get through a lot. There's so many things to say about any chart, but let's move on so we can get through a few of these today and then get to your, the callers there. Let me see you're all hanging on there. Yes, I'm, I'll be there with you, I promise. So up next is Bernie Sanders. And again, thankfully, we have again here what we call a timed chart, a birth time chart. That's true of half the people I have here and half do not. So some things will be missing. We can't say something about somebody without having a time of birth. Bernie Sanders has a bowl pattern, meaning all the planets are in one half of the chart and one half is totally empty. And people like that are on a mission. They have to find that mission, but once they're on it, they are on it. And they are self-contained and driven and purposeful and quite capable of accomplishing a lot given that. Moreover, he has, in terms of that bowl pattern, what's the leading edge of that pattern? It's the moon again. The moon in Aries, though, here, and he has Scorpio rising. So, again, though he is a very, I would say, more fiery and airy person, a person of strong ideals and strong intellect, um, he will have that emotional quality, but it's a more of an emotional quality with that moon in Aries of being, since it's the first sign, and it's a sign known for being driven and enthusiastic and not very uh, patient, he will be an impatient and quick feeler and reactor. Um, and so there's a fiery spirit there, which can be great as a leader, but could also be maybe sometimes he could cause trouble for himself in being too, too smart for his own good, too sharp and quick. And other people realize that he's looking at them and seeing them as less capable than he is or less intelligent. He'd have to work that out. So he didn't do that because he certainly is very intelligent and is very sharp 
But again, his ideals and intelligence might betray him if he pushes it too hard. Um, he's a cardinal type, which means most of his planets are in signs at the beginning of a season, even though he's a mutable sign, Virgo, um, but cardinal people with all that, that Aries moon and Aries Mars and Venus and Libra, and he's just a person who's driven uh, with a lot of energy. Um, th- then he has the sun at the top of his chart. So whereas Joe is behind the scenes and, but can come out to the public eye, Bernie was meant to shine and be out there and be a star uh, in his own way. Uh, and of course, that's the sun at the top of the chart where someone has a good start in life and often rises up in the world is something that is some, something they're likely to see happen in their life. Again, the significant planet, just like with Joe, is the moon, it being it's the rising body and makes him a sensitive. Um, but he has that Scorpio rising, which means he sees the way to move through the world is as a fighter, to be combative. So Joe is more glad-handing and expansive and a pal, the Sag, and Bernie is just like tough and really going to fight uh, and sees the life as a fight, a battle for something. Um, then he has in his major pattern of his chart, he has the moon Mars conjunction opposite his Venus. And so that leads to an emotional nature that is very keyed up and struggles with how to balance out his ideals and social balance and justice that if he pushes too hard, he may lose the support he wants, but if he compromises too much, he feels he betrayed his ideals. And so this is a constant struggle for him to do. How do I be true to myself? and also bring along or have enough people with me on that. Um, then we look at his Saturn test. Well, it's kind of interesting. His Saturn's in Taurus, but just like Joe, it's in that seventh house. So here are two candidates have this test of relationship. But first, it's Saturn in Taurus. So Bernie's test is the test of first value, of what is my value and what makes things valuable, what gives worth to anything. And he's here to sort of understand the nature, the true nature of value in terms of spiritual uh, sourcing of value, which I say comes from the fact that we're all part of this one creation. We all come from one divine and through and are alive and, and thinking and being in this universe because of love. And so that's the ultimate realization that I don't have to look for love. I don't have to find love. I am created and sustained by love forever and always through my own higher self and then to the one. So for Bernie, that's part of his, 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 his would be part of his, not to be put in those terms, that this understanding about value is the key to his life in terms of where he'll be an authority. And also like Joe, his key will be his authority in relationships and partnerships. But again, getting it right and not seeing the problem out there, but taking responsibility for the patterns of relationships he creates would be critical. Um, he'll have very complex relationships. He's got three planets there, Saturn and Uranus and Jupiter, all in that seventh house of relationship. And Jupiter there, though, is in Gemini for him in that seventh house. So for him, the path of truth, um, Jupiter being in Gemini, says he's got an insatiable curiosity and wants to constantly exchange information to develop his understanding. Um, that no matter what he finds out, no matter what he achieves, He always feels there's more to do, there's more to learn. He'll never stop uh, trying to figure things out. And so be quite quite an interesting thinker and communicator uh, given given this ability. Um, But he struggles with that because he's a Virgo and his Jupiter squares his son. So that means he may have been encouraged to be something else when he was younger. 
and then had to find his way to his true path and calling, uh, which is fine. Um, and then Jupiter being in that seventh house, he will do quite well, be quite favored in partnerships and relationships in this lifetime, attracting interesting support there uh, and, and having, having a, an appeal because he is a generous person. His Venus trines Jupiter, and therefore he is a generous type of person. Um, again, moving on here, we'll try to get a couple more in here before we turn to the phones. Um, Kamala Harris. Well, here we have a different pattern, um, certainly because we have planets on one side and planets on the other side and nothing in between these two places. That's called in astrology a seesaw pattern or an hourglass pattern. And people like this are seeing this side of an issue and that side of an issue, that point of view and this point of view. And they see their whole job in life is trying to bring things together to be the reconciler the bridge maker or bridge builder to be the interlocutor between different groups and peoples and ideas trying to be of try to fuse them together or reach a consensus or understanding. And so that's her whole motivation in life. Yet she's a very fixed person too, uh, having planets in Scorpio, like, like, like Joe and Saturn in Aquarius and Mars in Leo. There's that Mars in Leo and Jupiter in Taurus, plenty of planets and fixed signs. So she's a very fixed and purposeful person at her core. Um, of course, she's a Libra. So her whole life centers around relationships and working with people. And interestingly, the planet that rules your job in the world and your role in the world, Saturn's at the top of her chart, but just inside that ninth house, which is the house of philosophy, religion and the law. And, of course, her claim to fame here is she comes out of being a prosecutor. Um, and so knowing the law is something that she's very, very good at uh, and, and practices, practiced in. Um, she is a fiery person and an earthy person. So fiery people are idealistic, but earthy people are practical. So when you combine the two together, here's someone who's driven by very strong ideals, but is seeking a practical way of implementing or being guided by them in her life as well. Um, her most significant planet would be this Mars rising. The rising planet is so critical and Mars rising people are fighters. They are warriors. They can be kind of combative, but she's going to fight for what? For idealism, for truth, for respect, for integrity, because Mars is in Leo there in her third house. Again, a sign of someone who's great at speaking and debating and arguing and using winning many lawyers, have their Mars in the third house because they really know how to compete in that intellectual realm. But she's a Libra. She wants to be fair. <laughs> she wants to be just. But again, like Bernie, that she's got a very strong opposition of planets in Libra, the sun, and her moon in Aries. So she feels that struggle, too, between the right thing to do, Aries, and how to get along with other people, how to balance these things out, how to build consensus and be able to do the two together, not one or the other, is something she will have to work upon. And she'll have to work better upon combining her thoughts and feelings because her Mercury also is opposite her moon. And people like that sometimes were brought up in a family or experience where maybe there wasn't a clear connection being made to what we're feeling and what we're saying, that maybe we feel one thing but say another, so a parent was covering up or something. And so the child doesn't get that experience of talking about what you really feel. Or, and so she has to work at bringing her head and her heart together, I would argue, with this. 
Um, and then her two most significant pattern chart is that Sun Mercury opposite the Moon, and then the Mars opposite Saturn. And that makes for a very determined person. But fighting the authority, but also finding your own authority to fight the authority is the key. Uh, knowing what you stand upon and stand for would be a test. And it goes back to disciplining and authority figures in her life, starting with people she was dealing with in the home and then in her work, uh, how she dealt with her ability to assert herself um, and deal with people who may have rightly or wrongly been exercising their authority. Um, she's very aware of that and has, has worked on that. Um, and she's going to come across like a Gemini, quite frankly, because she's got Gemini rising. So curious, yeah, very intelligent, able to juggle more than one thing at a time, seemingly uh, nimble and quick. That's that's the Gemini way. Um, what her test in life, the Saturn, it's in that sign of Aquarius in that ninth house. Her test in life with Saturn Aquarius is to follow one's own hopes and dreams and wishes for a better world and find like minded people to create that with or to share in that with and, and build a better world. And so she can be a leader of a group she belongs to, but she may have found a time she tried to fit in where she didn't belong and came to be alienated. And that would have thrown her life off the rails or delayed it. The key was I've got to be with these people who are, were pulling towards the same goal. And I can be one of the leaders making that happen. And then with Saturn in the ninth house, her test in life is the test of truth. And what she will come to realize is whatever she started with in life, she has to expand and deepen that understanding of religion, philosophy, science, the law, because there's no destination known as truth. It's a journey. And so she'll go through levels and levels of understanding if she remains on her path. And that path is often shown by Jupiter, the planet of truth. And for, for Kamala, that Jupiter is in Taurus, which makes her have a persistent and purposeful uh, search for truth. There's a firm belief that there are teachings and values that are eternal, that per anybody with Jupiter and Taurus has an underlying optimism and perhaps faith in humanity, or really because of all life or spirit is behind it all. And therefore, there's an abiding belief that humanity is on some kind of continuous and one would hope upward path that will lead to the fulfillment of some divine plan. So she's on a path of truth, believing in everlasting value. Um, and she, she definitely expresses that um, in, her, in her life um, as an inner faith, because her Jupiter's in the 12th house. She's probably someone who, in the darkest of times, can draw upon a well of understanding and faith and belief. And she also could be a really very private, not public, good Samaritan. People like this often do kindnesses and things for other people, but they don't make a show of it. They, they are generous, but they don't let it show in a public way, um, which is maybe a good thing. Uh, uh, so, so then we go to, to Beto O'Rourke in the next listing here. Maybe I have to finish it here. We'll see. Maybe I get to Elizabeth Warren. But here now we have the first chart that isn't a time chart, and we're, I'm hoping we get one eventually, but we'll have to work with what we've got. So Beto, um, no matter what time he's born, of course, he's a Libra. Uh, with that moon in Taurus, no matter what time he's born. But what's his pattern? He also has a locomotive pattern, a locomotive pattern that would be just like Joe Biden's, meaning his, his moon would be the leading edge. And so he's also someone who is led through life by these deep, powerful feelings. Again, just like Joe, that moon is in Taurus. It's kind of interesting. So here we have two emotionally 
really grounded people. I mean, really in touch with with um, the physical world and physical needs and awareness of that. And yet he also has his son in Libra. And I say about people who are Libras with a Taurus moon or Tauruses with a Libra moon, they're what we call double Venusians. Venus rules their sun sign and their moon sign. They are so attuned to taste and beauty, whether it's understanding taste and beauty and value in a social way, as a Libra would, and or artistically in terms of enjoying sunsets and sunrises and the great works of nature as well as of human manufacture, there's a great uh, drawing to the beauty of this world, uh, given this pattern. Um, he's a cardinal type. Most of his planets are in cardinal signs. Those are people who are doers. They're going to hit the ground running, like Bernie. They're active. They see a problem. Let's do something about it. <laughs> so that's what cardinal people do. His principal element is air. All that Libra in his chart, Sun, Mercury, Uranus, Pluto, Saturn, and Gemini. Definitely an airy person, a thinking type, and an intellectual type. But he has a better Earth, too, so he can bring it down and use it for something. But he's more air than not. His significant planet, I would argue, without knowing a time of birth here, we would take the moon normally. But he's born with a Sun-Pluto conjunction and Pluto rising before his Sun, which makes him a very willful person, a person of strong will and strong determination. And so when people like this get charged up on a mission, watch out because they can accomplish, they can climb those mountains. They can conquer those, 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 those unconquerable heights uh, when rightly applied. But they've got to watch their will and watch their power and use it wisely and always flow it through some structure where it's serving the end of that structure and not themselves is the test. Um, so he's got that Sun-Pluto conjunction as his major pattern. His Saturn test, we don't know what house it's in, but it's in Gemini again, who had that? Joe Biden. The test is intelligence. The test is understanding that it's not about having the right answer. It's about having the capacity to keep moving one's mind around to see what was not seen, to illuminate the shadows and come to an all-round understanding. That's the definition of intelligence. Don't get stuck. Rethink things. Reset your mind. Don't assume anything. Keep questioning, and you'll come to a better answer. And that's what he has here. He has that adaptability. In turn, when he works this, when he works through that. Uh, and then is Jupiter, um, which is the path of truth. Um, no matter what time he's born, it seems, he also has his Jupiter in the sign of Capricorn. Now, Jupiter and Capricorn means your path to truth is found by achieving professional recognition and a high social status. You want to make something. And so truth is made manifest by preserving or extending and improving institutional structures. And you live through personal integrity uh, by f following certain traditional values. Self-mastery and being responsible when, and fulfilling your role brings happiness. So really, his path of truth is through self-fulfillment in this lifetime. Okay? Um, okay, we're halfway through the show. Um, you're all hanging on there. I'm going to just go one more just so we round it out, get Elizabeth Warren in here. And then we'll call it a day for now with this analysis. And so with Elizabeth Warren, well, we have a cancer here. But what is her pattern? And so, again, starting with the pattern, she has what's called a bucket pattern. Or I could say it could be a fan pattern. And the people like this have all the planets in one place and then something's all by itself off, off on another area. 
And that sort of is a fan, all the energy to gather together, and then the handle of the fan shooting out that energy. And so that, that, that planet all by itself becomes critical. And that planet for her is her Jupiter, the planet of truth. And so we'll start off with that for her. What is her truth? Again, we don't have a real time chart here, so we don't know what house it's in. But for Warren, Elizabeth Warren, her Jupiter is in Aquarius. So truth for her is found through social idealism and having a very inspirational dream or dreams of a better tomorrow. She is a Jupiter Aquarius person is the great humanitarian. They stand for non-discrimination and inclusiveness of all peoples and cultures and beliefs. Jupiter and Aquarius is the scientist or a revolutionary or a seer. They're finding freedom to be or become. They believe that the freedom for all to be their truth and all of us to be one of a kind. And so her path to truth is found through community and fellowship in this lifetime. Well, then let's switch back to her Saturn. Where's her Saturn then? The test. Her Saturn's in Virgo. Um, and, and Saturn, Virgo people, their test in life is the test of order. We all need a life that makes sense, but we maybe grew up in a world or a family where there was order, then it was lost, or we go through a time where things spin out of control. We want to get back to that, that really that peaceful place, because that's what order makes. Everything makes sense, and I'm at peace. We can't find peace out there, of course. It's chaos out there. But we can create our own sense of peace within and extend it around us and share it with many others, and they create it for themselves, too. We can find our way to a, a world that makes sense again. Uh, and so that's her path is trying to order things and reorder things. And people with Saturn and Virgo are on a healing journey and they often become great healers in one realm or another. Um, we then look at her, her mode. She's a cardinal person too, that being a cancer and having other planets and cardinal signs, she's more cardinal than not. And therefore a doer. I see a problem. I got to do something about it. Okay. That's her, her mantra. And though she is a cancer, which is a deeply feeling and sensitive sign, she has many planets in air. So she really comes across at times as a brainiac, as a thinker, as an objective reasoning person. But behind it stands a core of feeling and strong feelings. And that moon in Taurus, the most important body for a cancer, it's their ruler, is and the moon in Taurus means she's very emotionally stable someone who, is, who has a purposefulness and a steadiness in their emotional nature. We have, we have again, um, Joe Biden has that and Beto O'Rourke. We have three of these uh, uh, candidates here, all having their moon and Taurus, all showing that emotional sort of uh, Gibraltar kind, rocket Gibraltar kind of quality uh, in their emotional makeup. Um, again, her most significant planet would be that Jupiter. We already talked about that. Um, and the most significant pattern in her chart just like Donald Trump, here we go, she's born with the sun conjunct Uranus. And so Elizabeth Warren is also an iconoclast. She's going to break the icon. She's going to break things down, liberate energies, be a freedom fighter in whatever she's fighting for. Of course, she's going to do it in a cancer way. It's all about security and trying to create a new ways of securing our lives or her life or anybody else's life would be the path she's on. But she would definitely be a trailblazer not a trail follower. Um, and then um, her, her Jupiter, we already talked about, Saturn we talked about. I guess we've covered her then. So I think, I think I'm done. I, I would love to get to Cory Booker and Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar, and maybe we'll do that next week and others. 
if I do do another show next week and or take up another topic, I'm thinking of doing maybe more international stuff next time, whatever, take the focus off of America for a while and we'll swing back to it because it's so early still in the race um, for for the presidency. Um, but it's still fun to take a look right now and see what's what. So we did that. So um, again, any of you have any questions about what I just talked about or the previous week or whatever, please ask that question if I, as I call upon you here. If you want to ask a question about yourself today, uh, please just give me uh, your first name um, and, and your date of birth and the place of birth. And if you have time, great, because then I can tell you everything or tell you more than I could otherwise. So let's take up the first caller in line here, and uh, let's see who's here. Okay. Hello, you're on with Bill. Who's this? Hi, Bill. This is Julia. I've called your show before. Hi, Julia. Okay, great. It's September 16th. September 16th. Let me just look in my database here. I keep all of you gathered in my what I call my blog talk database. There's Julia. I see you from Salem <laughs> Center, Ohio, correct? Yep. Yeah. Well that's okay. where I was born. I live in Florida now. I don't know yep. if that oh, sure. no, no. Yeah. Oh no. Well it does. I mean we can do there's all this there's another branch of astrology called astrocartography and we can look and see by moving to various places on the planet, how does my life perhaps take on a different character or quality it's a fascinating thing to look at sometimes, but unless it's what you want to look at, what, whatever you want to look at today, that's, that's on you. What, what is your question for me? You know, honestly, I just kind of curious sort of what's coming up around me. Um, I've got to make some changes and I had like a little blip. My ex sort of, you know, popped back into the picture out of the blue. So it left me a little off center. So, but I'm trying yeah. to move forward and just get my own self together with, you know, not focus on <laughs> okay. them, just, you know. Yeah, yeah, try to see what's going on here. Well, let's, let's see what the aspects say. I'm looking at the wheel, but it's always better for me to let the, the computer do the work um, in terms of all the details. So let me just uh, this year and let it run and, um, and see what the – what the major effects are in, in your life right now. Um, I would say, because I could see what it's showing me right there, but let me go back to it and then resort it here. Let me just scan up and down and see what I see. Um, well, the outer planets, and we're talking then about, you know, Pluto and Neptune right away, they're both forming aspects this year that says you're going through an adjustment, um, adjustment in terms of what I like and what I want and what is value and what is beauty for me. So certain things I'm going to have to let go of because they no longer are meaningful or I can't sustain them because my value, my, my value world is changing. That's Pluto to Venus, reassessing value. And then Neptune's going over Mercury, which is forcing or bringing about this reassessment about what I'm thinking and I have to make some adjustments that maybe move me more towards practical thinking and not to be daydreaming so much. <laughs> not that you were daydreaming mm-hmm. too much, but it might be something I have to become more focused here. That's what's called for here with this sometimes. Um, and then if I go in a little tighter, um, I, I would say to you, uh, my sympathies are with you because just in the last few days, you had Saturn coming over your Mars. Um, and it will come back again at the end of May because Saturn's going retrograde the end of April. So in the course of two months here, the end of March, beginning of, uh, beginning of April, 
and then the end of May, beginning of June, Saturn on Mars is a stressful time where something is causing some delay or, or impediment or block to our progress, and it annoys us or frustrates us or makes us really get stressed out. And of course, if we're supposed to step back and say, wait a minute, where am I going? And is this the right goal? And is this the right way to get there? And so I'm questioning, what are my desires? Um, what is it that I'm really uh, attempting here? Um, and, and so it, what it calls for is patience and reexamination of what my desire really is. Now, it's interesting that the X showed up because in a woman's chart, Mars, though it rules your own Mars energy, it also typically also rules men um, coming into my life. And when Saturn touches Mars, there's some, something happening that I'm dealing with this male energy in me, how I assert myself. But to deal with that, I'm encountering a male energy coming in that's making me sit up and look at that again. So that could be not the cause of him being there. That's, you know, but it could be a contributing factor as to why he's shown up again here. Um, and the, in terms of your progress chart, your progress moon is just finishing up now this several year journey through your second house. I'd say it's probably been there for over two years and literally in the next couple of months, um, your moon will leave that second house. And that means that this several year focus on my values, resources, my talents and ability, my money and income and causing a lot of fluctuation and reexamination there is about to end. And I, I have done the work. I've figured out what I have, what I want, what I need, how I work with my values. And now I can flow out in terms of a new experiences with the moon in the third house, more networking, more communication, more travel coming up, um, more, more thinking coming up in terms of figuring things out will become a bigger focus of your life. Um, starting, as I said, it starts in the beginning of June. So only two months away now. How does that all sound to you? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've I've been uh, that's the finding my own value and my own worth has been a big thing because I've always sort of deferred to my ex to sort of take the reins for our lives and just been the you know so I've learned to you know, I'm learning to value myself and what you know, what I bring to the table as a person and what I offer or and yeah. And, like, think of it in terms of actual value, not just I do this because you're my family and I love you, so I'm doing it because I love you, not that there's actually value in what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I right. guess I had it, I had to think of it as being a valuable thing and not just I'm doing it because, I, you know, it's my family and I love them. So Right, right. That's taking well, that's a little just... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting because you, you, even though you're a Virgo, as you know, your Mars is in and Mercury are both in Libra, which is means my mind is deeply affected, stimulated, and and really does its greatest development in interactions with other people. My mind is a very social mind, very influenced by other people and their thoughts. And Mars there means I, you've always are someone who would be very concerned about justice and fairness and equality and maintaining the peace. And often, though Mars yeah. is a planet of self. Assertion, Mars and Libra people tend to be very other interested. They fight for other people's 
fairness and may forget about their own being fair to themselves. And we know, yeah. and you know, in your chart, you were born with this Saturn Mars aspect, Saturn squaring your Mars, but that's an aspect that you have by birth. So I would tell anybody with a Saturn Mars aspect, if it's a man, I'd say, Hey, you're a wounded man. If it's a woman, I say, Hey, you've got a wounded man inside of you. <laughs> and yeah. they go, what do you, yeah. what do you mean? I go, well, you, you have this thing you've got to work on to become more positively self-assertive about your own authority and right to be, yeah. as you say, a recognized person. Yeah. And in order to face that, you may attract a man who's really nice but not strong or a man that's really strong but not so nice because they're mm-hmm. a caricature of two ends and you're trying to find your way to the middle of being, yeah. knowing, how, knowing when to assert yourself and when to yield is a delicate thing. But it's yeah. what you're... Well, that's one of your major challenges in this lifetime. I I agree that, you know, the part about the peacemaker, that's what I feel like I've always been, is the peacemaker trying to make it good for everybody else. And I've found over the years that, you know, making everyone else happy usually means it's at my expense. And then you end up feeling, you know, at some point you reach a point where you become sort of resentful that it's like, hey, what about my turn? <laughs> so Right. But again, but again, a huge yeah, learning but eventually, curve. <laughs> yeah, but eventually the light goes on and says, you know, no one forced me to do that. I did that because I did that. Yeah. And I have, to just, yeah. I have to just, I have to not go the other way and become selfish and mean. I just have to yeah. be set up the terms right in the beginning with somebody. I love to do this for you. And I'd love it if you do this for me. And you know, right away, there's reciprocity getting yeah. established at the core of it. And you can steer a lot of those relationships you already have in that direction. Because most people are accommodating and, and loving and good. And those who are just the takers in your life, you say, okay, it's not going to change with them. <laughs> you know, they, they've got their problem, and I don't need to be the person who solves it for them or is their instrument of solving it. So they, some relationships won't survive that reset. But it's, you, you're right. You have to do that for your own health and well-being. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You you're, were right on. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, Julia. Great talking to you. Have a great, great <laughs> day. You okay. Too. Thank okay. you. You too. Bye-bye. 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 Okay. And now, who's Hi, this? Bill. This is Hi. Deanna. How are you today? Hi. Hi, Deanna. I... I think I might have a lot of background noise. You might get a lot of background noise from me. So once you start talking, I'll just mute myself. So if I want to ask something, I'll have to unmute. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't hear anything right now. Sounds sounds okay. But, oh, good. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Well, uh, it was very interesting about the patterns, uh, the bucket and the, I don't know, the X pattern and all that. I wonder what is my pattern and sure. uh, do I have any conjunctions that are challenging sure sure so yeah it's like if i was doing somebody's reading without a specific question i would first dive right and begin talking first about what's the shape of your chart and you also like several people we just talked about have a locomotive pattern and yours is formed by the the moon being at one end and jupiter and everything else in between and so just like Joe, and I guess it was Beto, Beto, right? You both have, uh, you, all three of you have a locomotive pattern, and the leading edge of your pattern is the moon. So leading you through life is that energy. Um, that means you've got to have a goal and a dream and a vision you're reaching up towards, and it will propel you up and out in your life, and it's good. 
but when for some reason you've lost your way, there's no, there's the dream. It doesn't seem realizable. I've lost my hope or my dream. You could spiral down into a rut, which you only can climb yep. out of by finding something to believe in, something to reach for, and then you're on your way. So it tends to be over the course of a life an uplifting pattern, but it can stumble into those ruts or if one has lost their way. So that's there for you. Um, and then in terms of the, the, the highlight of your chart, well, that moon is at the top of the chart, which means your emotional life being at the very top of the chart means my public standing in the world, whether I'm well-esteemed at my work and my colleagues or my customers or whatever mm-hmm. think well of me or in a community that I, in terms of my involvement in community activities, people love, love and like my contribution. If you've got that, you've got everything you need. But when you, but if you had a wonderful personal life but didn't have that, you wouldn't be satisfied. But if you, so it's something like you need that, that, that stroking, that public acclamation. It could be, could be very local, but it's still, with that, you're good. And without that, you're not feeling so good about yourself. I would say, um, I would say, I would label it like feed. I mean, feed like, you know, give me food, feed my dignity. Yes. Right. Right. Because right. I don't like have self-dignity. Well, that's, that also, that comes from the moon being up there, that emotionally I feel that some part of the public, it could be just the local community, my neighbors, it could be a community organization, it could be in my work, it could be as a star in some business. If I got that, I'm feeling good. But the need for respect and honor yes. and seeing a person of integrity uh, and, and, mo- and modeling that and wanting to be seen as that, that comes from the fact that you've got Leo rising. And all Leo rising people move through space with a respectful way of treating others and wish to have that returned. Um, but that also makes yes. them much more sensitive when they feel, rightly or wrongly, that I'm not getting that respect, that I'm not being appreciated, really is very painful for them. And that's why it's yes. so important Leo rising people to have cultivated a very strong and positive self-regard. I'm okay. I know I'm okay. I know I'm a good person. I treat other people well. And if other people don't respond in kind, that was, that's too bad, but it's not, it's not going to affect who I am. I have to become, you know, have to, I have to sally forth every day already having my respect for myself and then I'm okay. But if I need respect, if I must have it from others, I'm setting myself up for pain because too many people are wrapped up in themselves. They're not going to see the kindness you did. They don't thank you for it. And then it hurts. And you should turn that around and and say, I I, I did right. I don't need that that outward sign. I know I did the right thing in the right way. It's enough. And then you're protected. But it still feels better when you get it. It, it, it does, because I depend on that, because I don't have it on my own. Do I have any challenging conjunctions? Well, in a way, the, the challenging conjunction of your chart is your rising planets. You've got Mars there at 6 of Virgo and Saturn there at 17. Now, they're 11 degrees apart. That's a stretch in astrology to say they're conjuncting. It's 10, 11 degrees. But I would almost argue that they are. Um, and so but when you have that, it can mean, again, that frustration with authority figures, like that previous caller, like Julia, that that's a test in your life, that I might, I might uh, unbeknownst to myself, 
um, set up situations with authorities who let me down or, or don't give me mm-hmm. or, or accord to me the kind, of, the kind of authority I need to do what I'm doing. That would be something this would sort of affect you in. Um, so there, there's sort of a wounded man in you, too, is what this would say. Oh, yes. Uh, okay. I'm still looking for a home. Any, any, any bright, shining? Uh, well, let's see if anything's changing there, and then we'll have to go. I want to get to the next uh, yes, caller no, here. Yes, I, I do realize yeah, that. No, no, yes, I, I don't um, no, no be, let me just yeah. see. Um, again, I, I, it would be remarkable to me that your home situation wouldn't improve in this year, given the biggest planet, the planet that's what's called the greater benefic, of bountifulness and and favors and joy and expansion, that planet Jupiter is in your fourth house of home. So, the home situation is supposed to get better. It's it's lining up positively right now with your rising sign. Um, the sun in the next few days, as it goes transiting around, we go around the sun. The sun will move into that degree that Jupiter's in right now, t- trining it 120 degrees away. That could activate Thank something you. in next week or two. But I would say the stars say it should be okay and things should be getting better. So I would just keep... I, I think it might next keep, week, but it's, it's been like an uphill yeah. climb and then I keep falling back and that's why. Yeah. But listen, thank you. I will listen to you and I'll look to see if you're on next week. Yeah, I'm going to try, I'm gonna try and, to do next week as well, but we'll see. Okay? Thank you, Bill. Okay. okay God bless. Sure. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, they were with Bill. Who's this? Hi, Bill. It's Camilla. Hi, Camilla. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Okay. I know you you contacted me ahead of time today. That was great. So I'm all ready to have you in the computer here. So um, what? And I have your questions here. So you were sort of wanted to know um, things, especially about career. Um, so let me just run the numbers again like I do for everybody to see where all the planets are in a more detailed view for me. But meanwhile, I'll, I'll put the mm-hmm. wheel up to see okay. um, where everything is visually as well. And I don't and know if it matters. Always... I'm, currently, um, I'm currently in New Orleans for the month. I don't know if that okay. matters, but I didn't think I didn't think um, to tell you that. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. I mean, well, I, you know, um, let me just – let me um, – there's some changes coming here soon because you've got that progressed moon about to leave Pisces finally and go into Aries. So you can expect a huge shift of energy beginning at the, the third week of May. Yeah, when the when the moon's in Pisces for all of us, I mean you are a Pisces, so you you are familiar with Pisces, but but, but Pisces <laughs> is a sign that's sort of encompassing everything means we're dealing with everything in terms of our triumphs and our defeats and our joys and our pain. It's the whole shebang. And it's like, it's a very emotional time of dealing with my faith and what are my fears and working through all that is necessary. Having worked through it, then we're ready to turn the page and begin seemingly on a fresh blank page, a new chapter, a new uh, uh, chapter of our life commences. And that's what happens Mm. next month for you. And it will be like, oh, my God, the energy shifted. And I really feel like I'm, I can move forward now more easily. I'm not, I'm not always looking back. I'm looking ahead. It's, it's where I'm pointing myself now. So it's going to be a real turnaround um, in whatever, whatever you're doing. Like, 
you could have been dreaming and imagining and planning for things, but just they just won't start quite yet or haven't quite started as mm-hmm. easily or as quickly as you might have wished them to. But, of course, exactly. the moon going in Aries is going to very much help that along and say, okay, now there's definitely a change in the weather. But as you mentioned, <laughs> uh, you've been grappling <laughs> uh, also with your own planet, Neptune, all last year mm. going over your sun. And now, given mm-hmm. you've got that close climate of your Mercury to your sun, um, that now all this year you have Neptune on your Mercury, which, again, I, I love Neptune. And I'll, I'll always treasure its transit over my sun as an awakening yeah. one time. But it's still challenging because it does throw up these experiences of confusion. And we... We mm-hmm. often have this value judgment about confusion that it's bad and certainty is good, which, of course, is crazy because confusion just means, hey, I obviously have not figured this all out yet. I should keep looking. And that's how we find what we were missing. And so confusion keeps us on the path of growth by helping us let go of what is no longer tenable or meaningful or workable. We don't like it to be so. We'd like things to remain or not change, but change is a constant. And so this mm-hmm. is an awakening of and an opening of your mind. It's great for poetry and drama and, and writing and painting and any kind of creative activity, but it means you've got to mm-hmm. your list with you, write things down and take that list and speak carefully and listen carefully and repeat things back to people. Otherwise, communications can get even more mushy or garbled than during a Mercury retrograde, really. It's like having a Mercury retrograde for the whole year, okay? Just right. leave it that Okay. Uh, okay. And so that's, that's, that's pretty emotional. That's pretty emotional stuff. But in speaking of emotional stuff, as you may know, um, this is also the year where Pluto is going over your moon. Um, yeah. That is huge because it means I'm feeling, and again, you know, you were born with the moon Pluto conjunction. So Pluto's come one quarter of the way around the solar system now, squaring your moon and your Pluto which means I'm dealing with this issue that I've always had to do with my life in terms of emotional boundaries, emotional self-control, not pushing out too hard and trying for even the best of reasons to shape another in their way they treat or respond to me, but let them be who they are. And yet equally not able to come in and guilt manipulate or force me off of my center or invade my space is critically important. It's all about sacred space. Mm -hmm and maintaining it. Mm. And I, as long as I have emotional self-control, I'm okay. But when I get pulled or pushed or attempt to push or pull upon another, even for the best of intentions to fix something, I'm stepping over a line mm-hmm. that not cross. So I'm learning, relearning about these boundaries and feeling, and often when Pluto does this, we feel all this stuff bubbling up that's ancient in ourselves, stuff from our childhood. Mm-hmm. I dealt with this thing long ago. I, it's done. I don't have this in me anymore. And lo and behold, right. I'm put back in this place of feeling vulnerable or angry or both or whatever. Um, and it just, I don't know why. What's going on? I mean, usually there's something precipitating it. But, but why? I thought I dealt with this. And it reminds right. us, yeah, you did. But you got to deal with it again. <laughs> so it's like, like I, I can't deny it. So um, it, it, can be, it can be a very cathartic and healing time emotionally is what this is for. Um, that's mm-hmm. what it's going to help you with. Um, but it's not, it's not an easy experience to go through at all. Okay. 
Um, and that would mean any relationship that's there in your life right now would carry this very powerful tone that could be wonderful or just really draining and daunting. Um, and, and it's not, not anybody's fault. It's just the time you're going through. You need this experience to really recenter and keep yourself centered in terms of your emotional space. Okay. In terms of relationship, they just keep like fleeting and it's like, I don't, it's so Neptunian. It's like they swim away and I don't understand why. And it's like, I mean, I had an ex come back from 10 years ago who literally professed his love. One of the things often resurface like this to test us. And again, I would hear somebody out and say, maybe it's true. And let's see and see if we can build a better relationship or restart the relationship. But it also could be, again, you being tested. Have you really grown beyond that kind of an experience that this person hasn't really changed? You're just stepping back in time and could fall again right. into this kind of control thing is what could happen. Okay? Gotcha. Thank uh, you so much. You're very welcome, Camilla. It's good to hear from you again. And I see the show is over, but I, I know it can run over. So um, I'm going to just uh, stop our, our thing now, and we can just talk again sometime, okay? And hopefully I'll be back on next week. We'll see, okay? For sure. Thanks. And you did a great job with those candidates, by the way. Like, excellent job. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm having fun with all this and sort of showing how, how astrology works by illustrating it in various ways for people. So they get a better understanding, you know, of, well, of reality of who we're dealing with here, like these people, but also how astrology can inform us about that. Exactly. Very cool. Thank you. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you later. Okay. Okay. Okay, great. Okay. Bye for now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.